for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to L.A. Talk Radio, your real talk station, your real 24 hours of commercial-free programming. This is Paul Banky, and this is The Green Room with Sean Green. Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh, and we do what the fuck we want to do. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon, home of $5 MP3 albums. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on latalkradio.com. Welcome to the show. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program, 323-203-0815, 323-203-0815. That, of course, is the LegalZoom.com self-help hotline. Feel free to log on to LegalZoom.com to create legally binding documents in minutes. And uh, when you do that, make sure to enter green in the referral code for the extra green room discount. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man. Lo- what? <laughs> Not today, man. No, Not my today. God. What happened? Um, well, Logan uh, realized that there's just better talent out there. Um, <laughs> and so he stepped down and let me come in. It is, whenever I read the intros, I really do try and outdo Logan. I feel like it's a competition and I gotta be the best. The best announcer. Well, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure, Cornell Reed, filling in for Logan Lysico. I know, I know Logan sets the bar really high. There's a lot of, uh, L-Dog heads. Astronomical. <laughs> L-Dog heads. He's a, he's a unique talent. One in a million. Um, I, I, I think he's working or something. He's working late. Don't worry, people. Wait, wait, wait. I think one in a million is selling Logan short. <laughs> I doubt you could find one Logan in a random million cross section. How many people are in their world? I know. There's, that'd be hilarious if there is another Logan in China. There's just one. There's one other Logan in the world, and he's in India. All right. Wow. We he's actually. Our dog. We got a. Uh, we got a caller here. Let's. Uh, let's see who we got. Uh, caller, welcome to the green room. What's your name and uh, where are you calling from? Hey, this is George. Where's my man Logan? Uh, George. Uh, George, unfortunately, Logan is uh, working late tonight. He won't be able to make it onto the show. Yeah, I guess Logan has more important things to do than be on the radio show. Eh, fuck that faggot anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, George, wow, all of a sudden you... So Logan misses one show and all of a sudden you turn on him? Why is that, George? I don't know. I feel kind of betrayed. (laughs) Betrayed? Why? Well, that's the only reason I tune into the green room, but now I have a different reason. <laughs> What's your new reason? Corn dog. Oh, for More me. Corn dog. Okay. Thank you, thank you. You already got a nickname for me and everything. That's fantastic. Are you Corn Dog Head now? I am. I started a new website, CorndogHeads.com. <laughs> there probably is a, a website already named that. It's probably very different from a from a Cornell Reed fan site. All right. Well, this is obviously uh, Logan. Logan, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you guys doing without me? I, uh, well, we just got through the intro, and then you called in, so <laughs> we're doing okay. Um, you know, Cornell, Cornell did a pretty good job. And, I actually uh, was going to say something different, but uh, I was listening to it when I called. What, like, obviously there was a delay, so I didn't know how much further you were than <laughs> what I was hearing. That's okay, Logan. <laughs> You're explaining the intricacies of the talk radio. My dad would be thrilled if you heard this. You think maybe the show was, was over? Interrupt in the, I was going to interrupt cornell and just shit on how bad a job he's doing but when you answered when you answered it sounded like you guys were way past talking about me being gone i was just like oh uh <laughs> no no that was we were still riffing at logan because you were gonna rip on me but then you heard my intro and just welled up with tears and just were totally awestruck and he couldn't bring yeah, himself was to a, do it I was intimidated. I can't shit on corn dogs. Now, Logan, um, I don't, I don't know if you want to reveal what the real reason you are out for. Is it true that you're out, not able to make it in the show because you're at home right now training for the Slurpee eating contest that is going down at our local 7-Eleven tomorrow <laughs> afternoon? Do you, do you what? know anything oh, about these allegations, Logan? Are you participating? 
Uh, you just showed me this flyer today, and I gotta say, it looks pretty tempting. <laughs> it's during work, so maybe I can take a lunch break and do it. Yeah. He's gonna come back from work with a, a stained red shirt and, and a crazy migraine slurpy headache. Yeah, but Logan, you could either be a guy who around never leaves. My mouth, it, around my mouth is just gonna be red. Hey guys, I'm back here <laughs> Logan, you can either be a guy who is at work all the time, or you could be a fucking champion tomorrow, man. You'd make the decision. Well, I guess I'm a champion no matter what decision I make. But... <laughs> all right, now, Logan, uh, speaking of champions, the Green Bay Packers are, of course, champions of the National Football League. We had a, a pretty epic Super Bowl party at our place. A lot of talk about how... How awesome my wings were. A lot of awesome things went down. I heard you had a, I heard you had a, a pretty crazy Super Bowl, Logan. You care to share the story? Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, w- like, what do you mean? What are you trying to get out of me? <laughs> oh no, I just heard you had a, uh, you had a pretty funny story. I mean, you don't have to throw in anyone's names, but um, the other night you were telling that story about uh, later okay. on the Super Bowl party. Oh damn it! <laughs> okay, well, first, can I preface this by saying like. I made out with this chick, and I was telling this story, and then I see Sean writing something down, and I was like, part of the story is that she has a boyfriend, so I was like, no, 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 I don't want to get her in trouble, like, you know, and then Sean was like, no, this is just for me, I'm not going to get anybody in trouble, and I was like, oh, okay. Right, but it's cool with him writing it down. Did you just get lost in your eyes, Logan? And then I realized later, like, no, that's why you still shouldn't have been writing it down. <laughs> All right, but it okay, but we're not going to say anyone's name, so no one's no one can get in trouble. But uh, take us through your Super Bowl evening. Um. Well, first of all, there are a lot of girls there. Yeah. Uh, which is cool, and <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of circling this one girl. Actually, <laughs> you were literally <laughs> circling her, weren't you? Logan, that is his mood. He is. He is. What are you, a vulture man? In circles around her. But uh, (laughs) no, I don't know. She came over. We talked a little bit. I kind of mingled with other people, and then I don't know. She kept. We kept coming back to each other and hanging out. So eventually, uh, I guess I don't know if she was leaving or for some reason we were just hugging or like I had my arm around her or something, and I just (laughs) went for it. And we started making out a little bit, like, outside. And then she's like, uh, you know I have a boyfriend, right? And I was like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I don't know if we should. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go back here. So I took her back <laughs> into my bedroom. Because <laughs> I, I thought that's why she said it. Like, oh, you want to do it in private? All right. Oh, okay. Uh, smooth so, move. Uh, so I took her in my bedroom. We All we did was make out a little bit, really. And then... Uh, when we walked into my bedroom, though, it was really messy. <laughs> and uh, the first thing she said was like, oh, Logan, you have to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't miss a beat. I was just looking right in her. I was like, come here, baby. And we started making out. And uh, she's you, like, oh, okay, all right. I really have to go. Oh, you're so cute. And then she did one of those things. And I was like, all right, bye. Logan, that's what? what I love about you, man, is she, there were so many warning signs, so many bad things happened in there, and you just pressed on like a trooper. It didn't phase you at all that she had a boyfriend. He's like, he's like Bo Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just smells the goal line. He doesn't. He buys all odds. Yeah. There's, they're making arm tackles of, I have a boyfriend. He's just blowing right through. You're Logan has a horrible mess. Think, I, hey, my instincts took over. I didn't even hear what she was saying. Like, after she left is when I kind of backtracked and figured out what happened. Instincts take over. You're like a werewolf. Oh, Logan, you're the man, dude. She kind of said, she, I mean, she said she had a boyfriend, but clearly, like, she said it in a way where it was, like, kind of like, oh, Oh, you're so cute, but I have a boyfriend, but mm, I kind of want to do this. And I'm like, <laughs> All right. Just focus. I have my I am a prey. Well, I like that, Logan. Killer instinct. All right. Well, uh, continue training for the Slurpee uh, chugging contest tomorrow, and uh, I'll talk to you later, man. You can bring home the gold. Cool. I'm on my I'm on my fifth large Slurpee right now, and I'm feeling good. So I think I'm <laughs> I think I'm almost ready. All right. All right. Later, L Dog. Ah, there you go. See, that's what's great about Logan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, He's just yeah. great storyteller. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it launched into any story you don't want him to tell immediately. <laughs> right. Well, he always does this. He always does this uh, beat for a second. 
Wait, what do you what do you want me to talk about? Yeah. Oh, Logan, you know that story you want to talk about. Uh, I don't know if I should. Ta- oh, Logan, it's such a good story. All right. <laughs> yeah, he just jumps in. Yeah, but he knows he knows it's good talk radio, and he he can't help himself. He just creates great talk radio. Yeah, he does. Now, Cornell, you had a uh, you had a lot of interesting prop bets riding on the Super Bowl. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> Fucking terribly. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um. I had a coin flip bet, tails, 50 bucks. It was heads. Started off the game on a terrible note. Then I had this bet. Um, I saw it on this. All right, so Ryan, this guy who's taking bets, print out like he printed out 20 sheets. Yeah, we like, had him. We had him on last week. He was he was rolling through a lot of the uh, you know kind of more exotic prop bets. It was insane how many bets. So I found this bet that was uh that was the first player to get called for offensive holding. And I bet 20 bucks on this guy, Ray Beluga. Seemed or, like a lock. I, I went in on it, too. Yeah. $10 on Beluga, and it was 5-1, to one, and he was actually the favorite. He was he the was, favorite, yeah. But I guess, actually, the the most likely was that no offensive lineman would be called for holding. And, and that yeah, didn't happen either. No, yeah, someone got called for holding and was, like, in the second half. Which sucked because you sat through a first half just waiting for this bet to pay off. Yeah. Meanwhile, my main bet of the Pittsburgh Steelers wasn't looking good the entire first half. <laughs> Although I was able to bet against it in the second half and won some of my money back, so I didn't get totally destroyed. I did, man. There's no hedging my bets after that. <laughs> well, and uh, what was the other bet you had? Uh, the yellow Gatorade. Gatorade? No, I put it on red, man. Red Gatorade. I put it on red. It was such good odds. And then the odds <laughs> came out so down so hard that I thought it was a sure thing. Right. Someone had some inside information that yeah. possibly red was going to be there. And they went with orange. How how cliche, Green tacky, Bay. Tacky. Yeah. Just, just no imagination. Just pure, I don't want to say pure laziness, but Mike McCarthy, unimaginative play calling when it comes to the Gatorade selection. <laughs> Sure, sure. Your actual plays were good enough to win the game, but even yeah. the, even the even the Green Bay Packers, it wasn't that. It, it was exactly kind of how I thought it might play out. I, the only thing that surprised That's why you me. That's so much money on the Steelers. Right, exactly. <laughs> Everything went according to plan, <laughs> including me losing money on the Steelers. I mean, I guess it was it went according to my plan in that I didn't think they would finish strong. And right. I think just getting that um, interception return for a touchdown That's early huge. on was the the real uh, difference maker. Definitely. Now this was uh, this is big news coming out of the Super Bowl, and I don't know how how drunk I was that I, we were at the party. Did anyone mention Christina Aguilera's performance of the national anthem? I think people were betting on it and, yeah. and mentioning how long it was, but no one mentioned the fact that she totally botched it. Someone said something, I think. Yeah. But I don't remember that being, like, a, a big news. It came no. out when I started reading the papers on Monday. I was like, wait, what? She messed things up? I thought she nailed it. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the paperless path was so proud that wasn't that wasn't an audio mistake. That was her kind of like. <laughs> I think she says like reaming or something. Let's see, the crowd doesn't care. You you hit Red Rockets glare. I mean, the reality is, it took me a couple minutes of keep going over the clip to actually find the part there where she made the mistake. The moral of the story is, no one really knows the national anthem. Yeah. She tried her best. Everyone's drunk. It's a sporting event. Right, we don't right. we don't need to beat her up so much. Yeah, who cares? That's the least important part of that football game. <laughs> right. I, I I guess uh you know if you had money on it maybe you were maybe you're fired up because I guess because of that stumble and because she kind of messed it up and extended a little bit, it landed right at a minute 53, which was where a lot of the sports books had the over under oh, on wow. the national anthem. Wow. To the point that some sports books I read online were paying both sides of the bet, the over and the under, which I, I don't think – I've never heard of that <laughs> happening. Yeah. Usually it's just, okay, it's a push, or I think Bodog.com, one of the online sports books, was just calling it 152.7 and rounding it under so you would get the under wow. instead of the over. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, especially if you have money on it. But that's kind of what you get when you're betting on the national anthem. You kind of deserve what you get. You can't be a you can't be a bitter national anthem uh, fan yeah. betting on it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I kind of love. Those those are my favorite bets in the Super Bowl when it's just like 
Like the coin, there's no knowledge. There's nothing based on anything. Like the Gatorade right. bet. Those are my favorite types of bets because there's, I don't know, no way I can get. Because I, I guess I feel like everyone's researching stuff and like figuring out the best bets and stuff like that. But I'm never going to do that work. So pretty much. Right. And in all reality, you can research all you want unless you're unless you're in the mafia. The chances of you making a living right, off, right. off football gambling is slim. And basically what you're saying is you want to defy the laws of gambling research or, to, you know, basically throw it in all these sports nerd or gambling nerds faces by saying, look, oh, you don't oh, need oh. to research. No, you no, just... that's not what I'm saying at all, Sean. Back down, back down. <laughs> I'm not talking stuff. I'm not talking about Ryan would be furious if you heard that. Right. Well, um. Go. No, research is obviously the way to win. If you're going to be a career gambler, I assume you'd want to put some work into that. <laughs> right. I mean, but at, at the end of the day, the people that probably do the most research or know the most inside information are the people making the lines. Right. So it's really, really hard to have an inside track or to be able to kind of break the system one way or the other. It's stupid, man. Why can't and, they let us break it? Right. And <laughs> you're you're taking the mindset of, hey – I want to. I, I want a situation where there's no way the bookies can have inside information, which is the coin toss. Exactly. And then, exactly. And then you lost, but still. <laughs> I still blame it on the bookies. <laughs> right. Exactly. They knew all along. Yeah, they got exactly. to that ref. Exactly. They got to him. Speaking of other uh, sporting events, we of course uh, we watched UFC 126. A, uh, it was a pretty good UFC. I, I I normally kind of complain about the UFC lack of action. It's not that crazy exciting. Or, you know, when it, there's moments where you'll have a card where it's a lot of grappling. I find that kind of boring. I like to see the knockout punches. And, of course, we got to see one in the uh, main event. Silva, Anderson Silva, oh. went up against Oof. Vitor Belfort and Whee. just front kicked him right in the face, knocking him out stone cold. And it was it was really exciting, especially because Anderson Silva's kind of getting this reputation as a guy who he dances around a lot, doesn't really get into the fight. That he had a couple fights that were kind of boring. Yeah, and that's like like when you say dancing around, it's not like a, a metaphor for what he, he's literally dancing around the ring sometimes for a whole. Fight. Right. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. He's like you know pounding the mat and just making bizarre moves, basically kind of getting around, actually fighting. And this time, he just, early on, the first round, just front kick right to the face. It was electric, knocked out. It was great to see. Almost as good, or almost as entertaining as seen in the stands, who I guess was a guy helping him out, and as it turns out, training him, and that's Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal was there, wearing shooting glasses indoor with a leather jacket, (laughs) backwards hat. This guy is the man. Steven Seagal is so awesome. Yeah, he is. And he had something to show the best fighter in the world. So he had <laughs> right. to teach him a thing or two. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is after the fight. I mean, Steven Seagal's arrogance is on such a level that it's not even delusional. He just owns it. And yeah. this is this is Steven Seagal being interviewed post-fight. He's uh, backstage right after right after his his boy Anderson Silva knocks out Vitor Belfort. Uh, Mr. Seagal, uh, you, thank you very much for the time. First and foremost. First off, the guy interviewed him, you can tell, is really nervous. <laughs> uh, first off, Mr. Seagal. Uh, for- uh, Mr. Seagal, uh, you, thank you very much for the time, first and foremost. Uh, Anderson, after the fight, said that he learned that front kick to the face from you. Right. Where'd you teach that? Where'd you learn that? Where did I learn it? Well, I learned it. <laughs> first off, he's annoyed that the guy said, where did you learn that? He's like, what? I don't yeah. learn anything. Yeah. I just know stuff. He, Steven Seagal expects everyone to think he was born with all this karate <laughs> right. knowledge. And the idea is, if, if you didn't see the fight or if you don't know anything about UFC, the kick that knocked him out was just a standard kick. It was just, if you just stood there on two legs and just kicked your front leg forward, obviously it, was, it showed great athleticism and timing. Right, right. I was going to say, we couldn't do that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, can't, I can barely kick waist high, let alone knock a guy right on the chin yeah, unconscious. Pulled pull a hammy trying to kick a dude in the nuts the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's any crazy technique. It was just more the guy knew when to strike, timed right. it perfectly, and hit him right in the face. But it's great to hear Steven Zagal kind of own the idea of a kick to the head. You know, uh, you know, sort of a, a variation of that in Japan, probably 30, 40 years ago, and I've been perfecting it uh, all these years. It's 
Okay, so if you're following, keeping score at home, he's been working 35 to 40 years on a front kick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even remember that in the movie or anything. It's not, no. Wait. Not exactly karate, just something that I created that's a little <laughs> bit different that I thought Anderson could learn well because he's sort of a natural-born athlete. He has very quick hands and feet, and his kicks are good to begin with, so... I started teaching him kicks that I thought he could really hurt people with, and uh, <laughs> what's with this? What's with this creepy breath he's got going? It's almost like he yeah. speaks entirely in exhales. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing this interview where I'm discussing karate. Karate. How pretentious is that? The proper pronunciation of karate. <laughs> It's my garage. Or, uh, <laughs> how do you say garage in French? He probably, he probably garage. Garage. <laughs> in practice, he was knocking people out with body shots. At that point, I knew he was going to start to really make these kicks, you know, work. Have you ever seen someone in a combat sports match knock someone out with that kick? Well, nobody knows the kick. I'm teaching it to Machida. <laughs> it's just like, well, that's preposterous. I've only taught one guy, yeah. and of course he's not going to figure that out. Well, I guess that means Seagal hasn't knocked anyone out with it. <laughs> no, of course not. The only thing... Oh, man. God bless Steven Seagal. And God... I mean, just everything about him is the most entertaining thing you could do. Yep. Action film. Okay, yeah, they're cliched, but tell me you throw an Under Siege 1 and you're not rooting for him the entire time and just going, yes, this is an action movie. This is how you do it. This oh, is yeah. how you kick ass. And the more fat and older he gets, it just becomes that much more <laughs> awesome. Right. He has not he has not gotten humbled at all, it seems, his entire life. Oh, and no. and uh, the Lawman show, that was hilarious on A&E. It was a reality show of him chasing down suspects in, in New Orleans where he works as a, some sort of assistant sheriff. Or I guess he's he's actually certified to be a sheriff, but he's not like a head guy. But he's he's yeah. in all the calls. It's so great just watching him run down different yeah, bad guys. Yeah. He's he's winded most of the series. Yeah, I'm gonna say this: if there was like a nuke or something and it was gonna blow up the whole United States, uh, I guarantee Steven Seagal would be the first to raise his hand and try and go defuse that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I want to goof on him, but he's he's. I would let him. <laughs> right, exactly. He would totally convince you that he could do it. <laughs> right. He's like the guy, if you got stuck in an elevator, you want Steven Seagal there. He's yes. going to try to, where us would be like, okay, let's just wait. We're going to hit the emergency button. Yeah. What are you, you can't pry open that elevator cable. What are yeah, you doing, exactly. you animal? Exactly. So, if it was Seagal, I'd be like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just want to trust this guy. Yeah. And then meanwhile, it comes out, you all those uh, crazy allegations where oh, it sounded, like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, In Steven Seagal's defense, I don't know if any of these allegations about him owning or not owning sex slaves have been proven, but there were some allegations where it came out. It sounded like some sort of geisha girl situation where these women from uh, Asia were brought over. It was unclear. It, it sounded like basically he paid these maids and then didn't let them leave and kind of kind of took control of the situation sexually. <laughs> Oh, man, this guy is one of a kind. Matilda Kuhn and Anderson and a few of the Brazilians, but we haven't really used it much yet. I haven't, I haven't shown it to many people yet. So when you actually saw him pull it off, what were you thinking? I was really proud of him and really happy. <laughs> Can you tell? This man's ecstatic. Yeah, I know, right? I love how he has no emotion either. It's so great. I was really proud of him. I was happy. <laughs> Oh, man. That guy is he's a genius. He is a genius. The shooting glasses indoors is such a sweet touch. It is a sweet look. And actually, I was I was auditioning for this thing, um, well, today and last week, where it was you're, you're supposed to talk about MMA. And I thought, oh, okay, hey, it'd be funny if I brought in the shooting glasses and kind of did an impression of Seagal or, th you know, threw that on at some point. Like, oh, hey, Steven Seagal's using them. I'll use them, too. Right. And, uh, well, first off, it's funny. It's really funny going into a gun store. Like, I've never been a gun guy, never never gotten into guns, never went shooting with my dad, never even been to a shooting range. I, I don't even oh, think wow. I've ever fired a gun. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seems like a good time. Yeah. 
especially sideways out of a <laughs> right you you kind of look badass i mean i remember i wanted a gun uh, like back when i was at middle school and i used <laughs> to that sounds like a terrible idea yeah i when i used to watch the uh, show new york undercover yeah. i used to think like oh man i want to be like torres that the latino guy <laughs> or i think he's like puerto rican i was like mom can i have a gun <laughs> no, you can't have a gun. Well, what? Can't I just have a BB gun so I can put it in my sweatpants and look all cool and then point it sideways? She's like, no, you're never owning a gun. And it was probably a great idea because I'm I'm naturally clumsy. I'm sure I would have. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, I get sauce on my shirt. God knows what I'll do with a firearm. <laughs> but it was probably for the best that I've never had a gun. But in our neighborhood in Burbank, Burbank is kind of the typical suburban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And as far as the business areas, though, it's just this weird collection of all these different kind of stores. And I think maybe it's partly because it's near the movie studios, but it's it's also just a, it's an odd collection. Like there'll be a model train store. There'll be a, a hat store. Right, like a weird, vacuum upholstery store. Vacuum and upholstery store. A yeah. soda candy store, which just has soda and candy. Yeah. An auto bookstore, where it just sells yeah. books about cars and airplanes. How are all these businesses staying alive in I this? Know. I mean, Blockbuster's going out of business, yeah. yet somehow the vacuum repair shop is staying in business. <laughs> yeah, you never oh, see any customers. It. No, they have to be. They seem like... They can't all be fronts for the mob. Yeah, I mean, if they're fronts, they're really lazy fronts. <laughs> right. It's way too obvious. Yeah. But there's, I think there's like three gun stores in a matter of two blocks, and it is, it's, it's hilarious to see the kind of advertising that a gun store oh, puts yeah. out. There's one gun store that Cornell and I always used to joke about because they have a big mural painted on the on the side of their building. It says the gun store without the attitude. <laughs> And it's and that was the gun store I went to to buy the shooting glasses. Oh really? Yeah. How was the attitude? Oh, they were super friendly. Really? To the point where it was kind of odd. <laughs> like they come, like they it, need some attitude. Right. They they come in. I go. Uh, yeah, I'm just here for some shooting glasses. They're like, oh, what do you need them for? Daytime shooting, uh, night shooting. I was I was kind of a, I, I mean not not to sound like a total pussy, but I I was kind of scared. Like there's all these guns oh, yeah. there. Who knows what the guys – I didn't want to tell them that I was like, oh, yeah, they're just for an audition where I'm goofing on Steven Seagal. I felt like that would have got him really angry. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to goof on shooting and Steven Seagal in one joke? No, no, no. Oh, it's that so would have gotten I walked attitude. in with two other guys. First off, you have to get buzzed in. And then I kind of walked in on their same buzz in. You know, like I didn't get buzzed in separately. Yeah. I walked in with them and immediately, like turned their back. And you realize people at gun stores are mostly just paranoid people oh, yeah. who are really into guns. Oh yeah. Not necessarily a great combination. Do they have like a sign in the store that's like, uh, uh, <laughs> it's been this many days since someone's had attitude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, these guys had attitude, or at least according to some of their signage. They had signs like, uh, how's that hope and change working out for you? Oh, my God. <laughs> or, uh, you know, real men like George Bush. You know, just kind of like yeah, pro like, pro gun. I mean, proving they're people you don't want to see around any guns, <laughs> let, around, let alone a whole store. Right, strong attitude. Definitely uh, definitely conservative when it comes to the Second Amendment. <laughs> You're not going to walk in there and, and see, like, uh, you know, people supporting the uh, SPCA, right, uh, animal right. rights. <laughs> right. They, they don't really, they, you know, that's not the type of people they're there. vegan. <laughs> but it, it was hilarious. They were $12, and immediately the guy goes, you got cash? I mean, just 12 even. Cash. <laughs> he didn't want to have to ring it up and then charge me tax, but it, right. of course I just had a debit card, so I had to pay the, the tax, <laughs> which was kind well, of annoying. You blew it, man. <laughs> I know. I could have been in there, cool little thing. Like, yeah. I felt like maybe I was kind of, I was kind of scratching the surface of some secret code thing like okay you come in you order the yellow shooting glasses you slide them twelve dollars exact change then they open up the secret warehouse of guns like the guy the guy i don't know how many times the guy told me if you don't see a gun here that you want i can get it for you he kept saying that we'll order that any gun you want we'll order that for you really yeah, and I was like, oh, no, I'm just these shooting glasses. They're, like, great for daytime shooting, you know, bright lights. You know, you get that protection. Maybe in a bank t- or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fluorescent lighting and, and some sort of. Movie theater. You don't want these in a the movie theater. You wonder, you, you hear these stories like uh, Jared Lee Loeffner getting turned down from Walmart for buying a gun, which, I mean, it must sh- it, it's got to show you how crazy this guy must have visibly been if the Walmart turned him down yeah, for a gun. Yeah, seriously. 
But I wonder, I wonder how far you can go at a gun store to just kind of throwing out stuff that are half jokes, like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I don't know, what kind of gun would be good to, you know, take out some uh, liberal politician or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Like, I, I wonder if any of these guys are actually trained to kind of like look for a- crazy I, activity. They probably laugh with you. <laughs> no, yeah, they totally would have. They totally would have went George along. George Bush is the best. <laughs> They totally would have went along with it. Well, that's kind of a that's kind of one angle of the gun world. But the other a- angle of the gun world, Oof. the fun, entertaining angle, is of course Cornell and I and our other buddy Ryan and to a lesser extent Logan. One of our favorite <laughs> reality shows is of course Top Shot. Top Shot. I don't know if you guys aren't familiar with the History Channel's program Top Shot. You soon. are missing out. It's a no holds barred um, reality show. It's a competition show, and it's all about accuracy. Basically, they get together, I think, uh, this year, 16 different people, all very different backgrounds, very different genders. Actually, most are guys. There's two chicks. One's not very attractive. And basically, all it is is marksmanship. Two aren't very <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other ones, it's weird how when it comes to women, any situation, you just immediately, the other one goes up because exactly. of the situation. Like, the chick, um, the one chick is obviously not very attractive at all. The other girl in the reality show, she's not really attractive, but she's attractive for um, marksman reality show. show programs. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. But yeah, there's basically all it is is they compete in different weapons against each other, and it's it's entertaining. I don't high know what octane. it is. It's high octane. It's great sound effects, and basically they just have them shoot different stuff, and they get these. You know, uh, ultra HD cameras with uh, slow shutters and, you know, slow it down, super slow motion. So you just see random stuff explode like, oh, hey, we're going to put pool balls on all these different posts and see you guys shoot it with a musket from 1885. Like they always, you know, they try to throw you off the whole time. But uh, I pulled a couple uh, audio clips in case you guys missed the Top Shot 2 season one premiere. You made a big mistake. Well, first off, they involve um, they involve running in some of these, and <laughs> it's it's very funny to see these guys run because most of them are kind of either hillbillies or cowboys. They're the average guy is probably 45, white yeah. dude, not in great shape as far as cardio is concerned. And no. uh, this is one guy, uh, you know, explaining his struggles. As I proceeded to run, that's when I really felt the pull through my hamstrings. You know, just in so much pain, but just had to make it back across that rope so I can send our other teammate up there. Brian kills it! <laughs> I, had to, I had to leave that in. Brian kills the, it. The end part. It, oh, man. But now, this was like, they don't, you, he pulled both of his hamstrings <laughs> yeah. running maybe 30 yards. Maybe. <laughs> pulled both of them at the same time. And he's like hobbling across. <laughs> He's the guy's in jeans and pulls both hamstrings, which makes me realize how funny it is to see a guy run with two pulled hamstrings. He he looks like he's bow legged and he's just oh it, his his like legs are almost like you know 90 degrees and he looks yeah. like he just got off a horse and he's like yeah, scurrying exactly. down this mountain in this relay race of marksmanship to tag his next buddy. Uh, it's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Pathetic or entertaining? Both. It's hard to tell. Now, of course, besides seeing guys jog that have no business jogging <laughs> with guns. Oh, first off, also gives me this uh, sweet sound effect. Kills it! <laughs> the guy hosting it is super serious. Hands at his hip the entire time. Very. I think he was on Survivor or something right. like that. Yeah, I think he was a former Survivor contestant. Very, movie. very dramatic. Super white teeth. <laughs> Which I guess yep. is the staple of uh, reality show hosting. Now, besides, besides uh, making fun of how the guys jack, I also like to make fun of some of these profiles that they have. These guys are great. I mean, these guys have no business being reality stars in, in, the, in the common sense. Yeah. But uh, their quotes, some of them are uh, priceless. Eric, God didn't create all men equal. Smith and Wesson did. <laughs> and that's what it's about, shooting. <laughs> what? One more Eric. time. God didn't create all men equal. Smith and Wesson did. And that's what it's about. Shooting. So he's saying Smith and Wesson created all men? Right. Hey, who are you to who are you to question his religious beliefs, Cornell? <laughs> this man believed that Smith and Wesson Hey, we make fun of uh, people for thinking that the world was created six thousand years ago. 
why are we goofing on this guy? He thinks it was created in 1836 with the invention of the revolver by Smith & Wesson. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I didn't even hear that part. Oh, man. That was priceless. That guy... Who's that? Is that Chris? Is that a guy on your team? Um, was it Gunny? He sounds like something Gunny would say. <laughs> oh, yes. Cornell and I, we forgot to mention, um, part of why we enjoy this show so much is that we... Me, uh, Cornell, Ryan, who was on the on the show last week talking sports gambling, as Ryan said, uh, he felt the need to fill in something for football, and I, I think that's what kind of, what we're kind of doing here. We've each drafted five different top shot shooters yeah. and uh, thrown in, I think, 50 bucks or something for a prize, and every week a different top shot guy from one of our teams could be eliminated. So now it adds a whole nother angle to it, and uh, it, it is funny just spending my day researching different like guys' profiles. <laughs> like the guy I picked, um, Chris Reed, I think is his name. Yeah. He's he's a hillbilly, and he oh, raised his family to to be involved in shooting. And then there's like a video on YouTube of his four year old shooting and his six year old shooting. Yeah, so bizarre. Those poor kids. He had some great quotes of. Uh, you know, shooting's not just an activity. It's kind of a way of life. Helps me challenge my emotions or, like, oh my channel God. my emotions. <laughs> this guy was great. Well, here's some more, <clears throat> you know, like in all in all reality shows. At the end, it comes down to two people. And, right. uh, you know, basically the worst two go to the elimination challenge or elimination range in this in this particular program. And uh, this, is a, this is a profile of the last two shooters going into the elimination round. When I was 14, I had an opportunity to uh, get out of school and uh, start being homeschooled, good stuff, and really focus on the shooting. And my dad and I, we really started hitting the circuit together. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> how did that conversation go? And he doesn't even look like a hillbilly, but how does that conversation go? Hey, son, what you think about that book learning? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe one day I'll go to college. Nah, you're going to go shooting. We're going to take you around on the circuit. You're going to be shooting stuff. What nerve does he have saying that he was homeschooled? I'm sure his parents did not educate him at all at home. <laughs> they weren't yeah. having, like, biology class and stuff. He was just shooting. What, do you think a shooting dad can't teach uh, advanced pre-calculus, Cornell? <laughs> what, you're saying, oh, oh, Cornell, you're looking down at these, at this shooting family? Sure, they, sure, it's not a traditional way of life, but who's to say a dad that pulls his son out of school at the age of 14 to pursue a career in shooting, who's to say that guy's not great at molecular chemistry, huh? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Now, now, picture this <laughs> bullet here is an amoeba. <laughs> I don't know how it works. He's got he's got a map of the solar system and just okay now shoot that uh third one from the right there Earth yeah there you go yeah shoot that Jupiter see you're learning and you're shooting that's how I've that's how I've been raised yeah oh man oh god the it's poor ridiculous. kids ridiculous and what and how intense is this shooting world where you can't go to school and do shooting yeah. on the weekends yeah I don't know <laughs> it's school really I mean. What do you work? When you go to school from seven to three, you come home. There's still at least four hours of daylight to practice shooting. Yeah, not enough for this kid. <laughs> there's not enough regional tournaments that you can drive your son and to. And put all that time in to, just to <laughs> get on top shot. Right. That's what it's all come down to. His entire life is coming to top shot, where <laughs> the final high school for top shot, where the final prize is a chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, I understand leaving high school early to, to go for the NBA, but right. that's. But even then, if you took your kid out of school at age fourteen to practice for the NBA, people would say you're you're crazy. Yeah, you can't do dumb. that. That's... And there's way more spots in the NBA. Yeah, sure, it's <laughs> it's not likely, but what are there? Thirty teams, twelve guys on a roster yeah. yeah i don't know maybe throwing the d league you're looking at 400 spots oh there's yeah. only one top shot <laughs> there's only one top shot your odds are much well, better but to be fair in the nba you can't win any bass pro <laughs> gift cards oh cornell way to ruin <laughs> oh, the ending sorry, sorry sorry yeah i mean it's cash and prizes that's what they don't tell you that's what they don't tell you yeah, a lot that that's something that definitely made me who i am you know this is what I do. I go and I compete and I get to meet music. pretty neat people. And <laughs> Of course you think everyone's neat. You didn't go to high school. <laughs> you think everyone – wow, you're neat. You're wow, neat. <laughs> you're neat. Wow, you're not my dad. You're neat. Yeah, no shit everyone's neat. You you didn't go to high school. Oh, man. You're neat. Can I feel your breasts? You're neat. I bet he still lives with his dad. 
Oh, yeah, dude. Once you're born into a shooting family, you don't just walk out. <laughs> You'll get shot. <laughs> you don't go, hey, uh, I'm going to move to Los Angeles to perform my improv comedy career. That doesn't happen in a shooting family, Cornell. Oh, man. I love it. When I was young, I thought I was... Okay, now this is the other guy. This is the guy who... He, he was a junior national champion. He was the junior <laughs> yeah. star. He he had it all. This guy's the best. He had it all in the junior years. But now, what's happened since then? Why did we hear about him on the national level? Why is it all junior Olympics? I thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> These guys' analogies are so great. I thought I was the... <laughs> I love the hotshot kid. Yeah, I can fire a magnum, hit a can. I'm I'm cooler than sliced bread. <laughs> the hottest thing is like... If you use that phrase, it proves you're not cool. You know what I mean? It's the least. Wait, one more time. Does he say the coolest? Or hold on, let's. Or the hottest. Thought I, I was the greatest thing since oh, sliced great. bread. <laughs> I went to... Either way. I'm, I'm pretty sure the greatest thing could come up with a newer analogy than sliced bread. <laughs> right. Someone that great could think of a, a more, more, uh, more pertinent analogy. Yeah, exactly. I went to the Junior Olympics. I won that. I blew my chance for the Olympics. I partied my tail off in college. <laughs> Dude, don't you wish you were there in the dorm room, like, trying to get him to get that last beer bong down? No, no, I got a shooting final tomorrow. No, I can't, man. Just chug it, dude. Chug it. Who cares about shooting? Do these shots, man. That's the only shooting I care about. Jello shooters, man. It's so funny how it says it, too, because he's like, I got out of the Olympics. Then I party my tent. Like he came home, like I didn't make the Olympics. Let's get it up. Yeah, like you know, he blew out his ACL. Okay, he got hooked on painkillers. No, he just didn't do well in a shooting yeah, competition. Exactly. Who's got some coke? I totally didn't make it. Let's celebrate. You, you know, they say if uh, you have a you have a shot of whiskey before you shoot, helps ease the nerves. <laughs> <laughs> and I took that shot of whiskey, and I couldn't stop, man. It's the dark side of the shooting. <laughs> it's a dark world. You don't know about the fast-paced life once you don't make it in the oh, Junior Olympics All again. these innocent kids come shooting into the Junior Olympics. Oh, and once the shooting groupies get a hold of you, good luck. Good luck trying to find your straight way out of there. See, I, now we were making fun of the shooting family, but they were able to protect him. You're they were right, able to insulate right. him. That guy wasn't out partying. Right. He was focusing on shooting. You're right. It's like, hey, man. Like the way you shoot that Magnum. <laughs> How about you take this brand new Lamborghini for a second? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like uh, agents trying to recruit yeah, exactly. him out of college. I took the great talent that I had and didn't do anything with it. <laughs> you mean, you did. You shot guns. You just didn't hit the bullseye. Now I have the opportunity to do something with it. I want to let my family know that I'm still a great shooter. My kids can go... Oh, I cut out that end part because it got real sad. <laughs> I, it was fine. I, didn't, I guess I didn't cut out the entire part when I was editing. <laughs> got the mic in there. And then now people are just wondering what happened. He had a line of, I, I want my kids to be able to say they're proud of me. <laughs> After that speech, I knew he was going to lose. I oh. knew it was done for him. Yep. And it turns out the guy who likes partying, staying out in that Top Shot house in Malibu. I don't know. They didn't show him getting a, into some partying, but I have a feeling that might have happened. I have happened. a feeling his tail is off once again. <laughs> He's partying his tail off. <laughs> oh, man. He had some great lines during the during the actual elimination challenge. Something like, uh, and once that target fell, my heart fell with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, okay, obviously they don't tell you the time period here, but this is literally the first challenge, first day. I mean, from my limited knowledge of production, there's no way they were out there for more than a weekend. Right. Maybe maybe a week? I mean, it's... Maybe. You, you look at where they got up to, you're thinking maybe three days of shooting, and it's not like they want to house another dude up in Malibu for as long as they can. Right. Okay, so I'll give him five days. Five that's, days... And I feel like that's pushing it. It's being generous. Five yeah. days of hanging out with these people, and this is his reaction to that experience. Congratulations, Chris. You're the okay, so, sorry, Chris, the uh, guy from the shooting family <laughs> wins. Made it pop proud. <laughs> Man, it's going to be a bummer when that guy loses. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, you can always fall back on your, oh, man, you got to go shooting again. <laughs> it's funny. He made his papa proud, and the other guy embarrassed himself in front of his daughters once again. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, the daughters are like, why can't you just read us a story at night instead of... <laughs> Instead of going to the firing range for nine hours. 
I'd be proud of a dad that's present, for Christ's sake. Like, uh, I mean, did, did the kids really... Don't you want you want to spend time with your parents or have them do stuff you're involved in? It's not like it could be a father-son thing, like the little daughter. Right, exactly. With, although the one guy, I mean, they're from a shooting family. <laughs> it, oh, man. All right, so... Okay, okay. Uh, where were we? The the other guy lost, or no? He's congratulating the other guy, and then uh, this is the other guy losing. Winner, here is your Bass Pro Shops gift card. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty sweet. <laughs> On your team, Travis, my friend, you've officially fired your last shot. I'm. <laughs> I love that. You've officially fired your last shot. Sorry, but you have been eliminated from top shot. I'll give you a moment to say goodbye to your teammates. Uh, the great, the great contrast of this, like the screeching heavy metal background music, like get emotional. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Now I'll be going home and see the wife and kids and cry a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I'm hurt to leave. Uh, I don't want to leave. This was awesome. <laughs> I mean, this was flat out awesome. Keep eyes on target. Good luck, Thanks, man. You bet. No, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I definitely like to be here a little bit longer. Better doubt. <laughs> Hold on, I accidentally cut over on the other clip. My hand was all over the place. I was laughing too hard. And this grown man cried about losing a shooting tournament. Leave. Uh, I don't want to leave. This was awesome. <laughs> I mean, this was flat out awesome. Keep eyes on target. Good luck, Thanks, man. You bet. No, I don't want to leave. No, I'd definitely like to be here a little bit longer. <laughs> I'd, definitely, I'd definitely like to be here a little bit longer. Oh, man, the dramatic bell tolls, and you're gone off top shot. <laughs> I love how he's answering the questions. I, or, you know, he's saying, I definitely like to be there, which means the person behind the camera is going, <laughs> like the guy's crying, and he's going, so would you like to stay here longer? Because, <laughs> you know, they're, I mean, obviously they're prompting these responses. Like, definitely. Awesome. <laughs> this was flat out awesome. I gotta hear one more time. Keep your eyes on target. <laughs> Keep fighting. You bet. No, I don't want to leave. No, I'd definitely like to be here a little bit longer. <laughs> so, uh, would you like to leave? Um, what's your thoughts on? Okay, if you could stop crying for a minute, what would your daughters think of you right now? No, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Oh man. This was freaking awesome. <laughs> Top shot. I feel like we just did a 20-minute commercial for them, but trust me, it's worth it. Or, Every that Tuesdays. Guy was the bottom shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Top shot. 10 o'clock every uh, Tuesday on History it, Channel. Into it. Yeah, if you don't have football, which clearly none of us have anymore, it's it, yeah, sure, it's not perfect. But you know, we we have we're gambling on it. Yeah. We have a fantasy team. It's we great. have we have injuries we have to worry about. I'm trying to get a report on this guy's hamstring yeah. as we speak. It's 15 people, so start now and get three people, or maybe get five people. Right. And get nice even teams. Yep. Yeah. All you need. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think three is a good number. Five. It might be might be tough in the office getting that office full going. Yeah, hey guys, top shot. And I'm girl- saying if you have a lot of friends. Right. Okay. And uh, they promise tons of explosions. I can't wait to see it. I need more explosions in my life. And, yes, it is a lot like sports because you got dramatic music. you got guys yep. you're rooting for. you got really sweet slow motion. Yep. you got awesome announcers you that got... take their jobs really seriously. <laughs> yep. you got goofy guys you can make fun of. you got underdog guys you oh, can yeah. root for. you got Bass Pro Shops gift cards. <laughs> right. Product placement that yeah. has no business being there. <laughs> yeah. First off, the and we were talking about it while we watched the show. How are they not – it must be like some weird – um, FCC thing or something where they can't give away guns? Cause, or does yeah. Bass Pro Shop sell a lot of guns? I, I'm just guessing by their name, Bass Pro Shop. It's mostly fishing. I'm, yeah, I'm sure they got they some gotta, guns, they too. They got to sell guns, too. Um, but, right, why can't it be like Guns R Us or something like more <laughs> obviously guns? Yeah. Why isn't uh, the gun store without the attitude selling? You know, right. they should be trying to get product placement. I know. It's like Extends and they talk about the penis. <laughs> it's the same thing. They can't address having guns on the shooting show. Right, exactly. Uh, um, who's your favorite on your team? Well, I got I to gotta say my favorite, though, is, uh, is my captain, Chris Reed. First-round pick. I got... <laughs> I got I got the first round draft pick and uh, yeah it was it was a tough one but I went with him because he was the hillbilly he's the one who raises his kids he he had a great line in the show where he goes uh, they're like there's this other nerdy guy 
and uh, he was taking a real serious interview and different candidates deciding who he was going to choose. And he's like, hey, let that boy uh, pick whoever he wants. I'll go with the wrist. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, you're badass. I'm going with that yeah. guy. That's confidence. That is confidence. All right, Cornell. Man, time flies when you're making fun of guys with guns. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap things up. Are you, are you going to give it a uh, give a shot with your haiku? Of course, man. I wrote the best haiku that's ever been on this show. Oh, wow. Okay, man. The, the heat is on. <clears throat> Logan's bed's messy. <laughs> I hate the orange Gatorade. <laughs> Steven Seagal kick. Wow. Wow. Man. <laughs> The bar oh, has been raised, I Logan. Just felt the ancient, like Japanese flowing through <laughs> my veins. I read that. It's just yin yangs and dragons flying around up there. Oh man, man, the bar has been raised. I can't wait to uh, play that for, play that for Logan and oh, uh, blow man. his mind. That haiku was just like acupuncture. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Although I think acupuncture is Chinese. Right. Whatever, same thing. Hey, same thing, right? It's all yeah. Asian. All right, hey, a couple quick plugs here as we're wrapping things up. Um, Monday the 14th, I'm going to be hosting the Old Town Pub, and yeah. uh, Cornell's going to be performing there as well. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I, I'm going to be shooting a uh, special show at the Comedy Central stage February 15th at 8 o'clock. Make sure to check that out. Go to that, yes. Uh-oh, we got a late caller here. Caller, you're on the green room. Go to hell, Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you sorry? Are you just mad I schooled you with my haiku? <laughs> I just I just hung up on him. We got to oh, go. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So February 15th, Comedy Central Stages, 8 o'clock. You can go to SeanTGreen.com to get all the uh, details there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on LATalkRadio.com. This, of course, has been The Green Room. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today.